Hello and welcome to Delightful. I'm your host, Lisa McCrowan. Delightful is where science and psychology meet spirituality and creativity to help you follow what delights your heart and live a life you deeply love. Welcome to Delightful. I'm so glad that you're here and that you're tuning in today. Today we are all about how do we heal this overwhelm that is often running through our nervous systems that we're experiencing in a day and opting out of this hustle, bigger and more culture. Because we can't talk about healing our nervous systems without talking about the cultural context, the environment in which we live and work, parent and are part of a community. So let's go ahead and start with this poem called Galaxies, Not Goals. And I wrote this a while back and I wrote it at the beginning of a new year, but I thought this was so appropriate for us right now because if you're listening to this when I'm producing this and and sharing it, it's in September and September for so many of us can feel like another new year. And so I let these let these words wash over you. You might take a, a moment and close your eyes or soften your eyes if that's safe to do so right now. And let these words wash over you. So galaxies, not goals. I'm starting to see all these posts about beginning of the new year. Commit and crush it and conquer your fears. I don't want to crush or conquer. This is such a power over and domination approach that has caused so much destruction. Let's be done with that toxic paradigm. I want to co-create. I want to align I want to integrate and even befriend my fears. I want to practice devotion, reverence, and surrendering to the God within me. Because I am beautiful in my divinity and humanity. And when I bow to that goddess within me, I sense how she and I are one. No, I don't want to crush it. I don't want to conquer it. I want to reverence it, all of it. I want to give myself space to rest when I need to, move my body when it calls for it. I want to luxuriate in being alone with myself and loving myself simply for my own pleasure. Yes, my pleasure matters. Slowly sipping chai, writing in my journal, looking out at the mountains behind our house while I pet my dog making butternut squash soup, going for a vigorous walk, being fully present to my breath and body in yoga class, planning our next ski adventure, watering my plants, laying down to meditate, I don't care about goals or getting more. I want to discover the galaxies within me and play with what delights my soul. Mm-mm-mm. Isn't this what we all want? To opt out of this culture of this that prizes productivity that has us going and going and being exhausted and going from go, go, go to then crashing. And this culture that is about 
always about more and and wanting more and bigger. Oh my goodness. I as I am going into my 50s, I guess I've been like this my whole life. I don't want that. I want I want to feel the sense of alignment. I want to practice the sense of devotion to what's what's holy and beautiful around me and within me. I'm going to spend time with the people that I love and doing things that just delight my heart. And I hear from so many people in my work as a psychotherapist and as an integrative coach that so many of us want that too. I want to share with you this reflection that I wrote in a note on my phone over the summer and share with you just some of the curious questions that I started to ask myself. I had taken a break this past summer from blogging and podcasting, posting on social media and writing. I still saw my clients and I did consulting work in between vacations, but I really needed a few months to not be producing. I needed a few months to be in my own energy. That's how I described it to people. I was just like, I need to be in my own energy. Not thinking about what do people want, what are people, what will, what do people want <laughs> in terms of my writing and what I put out into the world. I needed to come back and connect to my own, my own self and the God within me and around me. I needed to go on some adventures and, and if, if that resonates with you, this, oh, I need to opt out, right? I really do suggest going back and listening to episode 54. It's a whole experience about connecting to this inner sanctuary and creating a sanctuary around you and within you. So, and actually that's the only poem I wrote this past summer. So... Here's some of the questions that I was reflecting on. As I'm going into my 50s pretty soon, in a few months, I've started to ask, okay, so what is it that I really want? What serves me? What if I stopped doing some of the things that that I'm currently doing? I just started to play and get curious with things. So I asked myself, this is what I put in a note, what if I stopped producing so much and doing so much for the world? What if I have a delightfully small business and I don't grow it anymore? Like it's just fine right now. With what if I don't grow it with these more offerings and bigger revenue streams? What if I don't grow my business bigger and more? What if I don't care to do that, but instead keep it small and personal with ample time for me just to be? I'm not interested in doing so much anymore. I'm not willing to sacrifice my rest, my rhythms, my sleep, my delight. I am not interested in striving I'm not interested in a big house or fancy cars or even fancy vacations if it means I don't see my family. I've known that. And Brian and I have built a life around what matters most to us. I know there are trade-offs for choosing the life that we have been choosing. It's like a business choosing people over profits. There are trade-offs to that. But as a small business owner, I am choosing spaciousness and connection and well-being over maximizing profits. I see people with their extravagant vacations. I see them with their cars and handbags. I mean, do I really want that? Isn't that all just driven by a capitalist society so hungry with empty greed? What if... We lived in a culture that we chose well-being over making more, buying more, having more. I mean, how much is enough? 
What if we chose connection to our dear ones and spaciousness in our day? Time outside in nature, enjoying the breath flowing through our lungs, the birds chirping, the clouds passing through a blue sky. What if we didn't rush so much? What if we said no to the promotion because we got tired and worn out and exhausted from the multiple demands coming from every side with just a quick question and could you help me with this? And because we long for simplicity and spaciousness, even just time to breathe, sit down and eat a meal. My nervous system requires ample time of being outside, being in nature, listening to my body, being with people I love, being alone to think and feel. I need large swaths of unscheduled time to just be. I need space between activities to notice the delights around me, to drop into what my body needs, and to hear the voice of the divine moving through me and guiding me. I'm going to be in my 50s soon, and I am going into my 50s with much less of a desire to please others and more of a devotion to my deepest well-being. I am going into my 50s with a different definition of success than the world's definition. I don't want to hustle. I don't want to strive for bigger and more stuff and money. I will always be about creating a more compassionate world, But it's past due for me to focus even more on compassion for myself, to follow my own heart and listen to my own body. So I wrote that in a note one day on my phone, a reflection for my own self, just the questions that have been coming up for me, and then also for the people that I serve and work with. I, just in this past week, I have heard people say, these are the th- some of the things that people have told me recently, just in this past week, Lisa, I give 120%. I'm tired. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overstimulated. If somebody asks me for one more thing, I'm going to lose it. I just need more time and everybody knows that I don't have it from my family, my children, my partner, my extended family, my colleagues, my coworkers, my direct reports. I've heard from people that it's just like, I just never feel like I have a break. I'm always going. I'm always on. I talked to somebody this past week that said, I haven't taken a proper vacation where I'm really not working, where I really put away the phone, the computer for over two years. Like, think about that, not giving ourselves a break, sacrificing our well-being for, for work. And I get it. I get it. We all have obligations. We all have responsibilities. I so get that. And, and so immediately when I, when I bring up these things, people get, well, wait, but I have all these things I have to do, but I, I'm going to ask these curious questions today about like, do we really, are there some changes that we need to make? Like, can we really shift some things? Isn't it finally time to create a life that is deeply nourishing and supportive of your true well-being? There is this study that Harvard has been conducting for like the last 80 years. They've followed the lives of, it started with men back in, I think it was, let me see, 1930s, men at Harvard, so college students, and they followed their lives, I mean, all the way to, you know, their whole life until they've died. Some people are still alive, actually. And then they went on to their their 
their wives and then their families. And this grew to studying people in Boston, in inner city Boston. And this study has been going on for 80 years, all about human happiness and well-being. And what they have found, what are the greatest predictors of well-being throughout the lifespan? And we're talking like your physical well-being, your mental health. What's the greatest predictor? The most recent director of the program said like nobody could have predicted this. Get this. He said the surprising finding is that our relationships and how happy we are in our relationships has the most powerful influence on our health. Our relationships. Think about that for a moment. I heard the most recent director talking on a podcast episode and he was talking about how he's like, here's the bottom line of all the research. Take care of your body like you are going to live to be a hundred and focus on your connections. This runs against the grain of what our culture promotes. Overworking, making our bodies an afterthought, sacrificing sleep, being always on. And what I've noticed is both in the micro and the macro, they're a mere reflection of themselves. So like in the individual and then in the, the, the business or like as an individual and then as a business, in this, in this culture of busy and hurry and overwhelm and hustle that prizes productivity, what we as a business and as individuals, we kind of always want more and bigger And here's the thing, we intuitively know what I'm about to say is true, that this is toxic and sets us up for such destruction, such sickness and disease. So sometimes we feel like we can do this for a little while, right? We, we, maybe even you've been trying to do this for decades, but eventually And we think we can kind of get away with it. But eventually, this way of living catches up to us. It catches up to us. So what can we do? What can we do within the givens of our lives? So here's the thing. I don't want to just give you life hacks. And nervous system hacks. We need those sometimes to manage the acute symptoms that we're feeling, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the panic, the despair. We need those. It's like mental health first aid. So I get that. We need life hacks. We need these mental health hacks for in the moment, nervous system regulating hacks. But I want to talk to you about life backs, life backs, truly getting our life back. And that's going to mean getting real with ourselves. Let me share a story with you. Back in the pandemic, I remember this moment when I had just finished a day of seeing clients and I had been, oh my goodness, I had had neck pain that just would not go away and that's really unusual for me. I was just really tired. I could feel it in my whole body. Talk about overwhelmed. So I finally, 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 I'd been keeping that to myself. I finally, finally, finally asked my husband, Brian, to come outside for a moment and to sit on the steps of our front porch. So in that day, I had just finished seeing clients and I just knew I had reached a breaking point. And I needed to admit this and share this with my husband. So we sat down and I put my elbows on my knees. I put my my face in my hands. I exhaled and then I started to cry. Now, 
crying isn't one of my stress relievers. Like that isn't one of my go-tos, I guess. And so when I cry, that's a big deal. And I said to Brian, I was like, I am so overwhelmed. And Brian, I said these, well, four or five words, depends on, it's a contraction. So let me share this with you. I said these, these words, I can't do this. I can't do this. Now, it was hard to admit that. It can be hard to admit those words. Like, how hard is it to say that? Because I, we can often start to feel like a failure, like something's wrong with us. I have felt that. And that is what kept me going and going and going. I wanted to avoid feeling like a failure. I wanted to avoid thinking that I have my limits and things too. And... I mean, recently I've been hearing from my clients, Lisa, something needs to change. Lisa, I am done. And I know for those of us who pride ourselves on how capable capable we are, that's hard to admit. But in that moment in the pandemic, I had had enough. Something needed to change. And here's the first step of healing that overwhelm of opting out of that culture of bigger and more and hustle and hurry and prizing productivity and choosing more over our relationships, over our health and well-being. The first step, and this is the hardest one, is admitting it. Admitting that something needs to change. Admitting, I can't do this. Admitting that I am done. I can't do this. Something needs to change. In that moment in the pandemic, I had had enough and I knew that something needed to change. So I, I have been caring for people in my professional and personal life for decades. And during the pandemic, I, I thought I discerned this really well, that I would add another day of seeing clients because the demand was so high. And I, and I really thought that I was ready for that. I thought, okay, I could do that. Checked in with myself. I'm pretty mindful, pretty aware, self, self-aware. I added another day. I also ran this really beautiful, high-touch, highly personalized experience called Soul Fuel to a wonderful group of people where I led live gatherings and I wrote exquisite practices and content for them, did some coaching with people. I mean, I loved it. Now, I've always been big on self-care and boundaries. I preach this stuff, right? But like for all of us, the pandemic had had this greater impact on me than I had thought. And I critiqued myself. Maybe this, maybe you run into this too. Just heard a friend the other night. This is like, oh, Lisa, I'm pretty harsh with myself. <laughs> like, I'm always wondering, like, why can't I do this? Or what's wrong with me? Same thing. I was like, why is this so much for me? And I reached out. I asked a friend that one day. I was like, why is this so much for me? Because I, I just thought, like, I'm a therapist. I practice good self-care. I have a lot of resources. And she said to me, Lisa, and I was like, oh my gosh, duh. Yeah. Okay. Eating humble pie. She's like, Lisa, it's hard for everyone right now. And you're going through it at the same time that everyone else is going through it. And it's like a light bulb went off inside me. I was like, oh my gosh, yes. It's like, it's like what I compared it to is, Let's say I had just lost someone that I loved and, and I was in the middle of that and the rawness of that. And then here I was counseling people going through the exact same thing at the exact same time. Any wise therapist would tell you that's not wise to not take that case or to, to not be in, in that, 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 that's just, it's too close so in that moment with my dear friend sharing that with me, I felt less like a failure. I was like, oh gosh, yes, I'm human too. 
and allowed myself to be human. And that that feels like the work of a lifetime, right? If if you if you feel that way too, like letting ourselves be human and accepting our humanity. So I admitted that I had taken on too much. I recognized that I could not keep going the way I was going and that something needed to change and that I was not going to, I declared this, I was not going to try harder or push myself further or critique myself anymore for not being able to do it. So maybe that's the second step. The first step is admitting something needs to change. I can't do this. I'm done. And then it's declaring, I am not going to try harder, push myself more, critique myself and go about this in this really harsh way anymore. So ironically, I thought that I was going to feel so ashamed. And I did a little bit when I was sharing this at first with Brian, I I felt ashamed. But then ultimately, like just like what I tell my clients and I want to share with you too, we can have these feelings. We can be even shame. And, and there's that wonderful three-letter word that I share with all my people. And we can still do what we know in our hearts and in our bodies and our souls that we know we need to do. So, In sharing with Brian, I initially felt that shame and I stayed with honoring what I knew was true in me. And you know what? Actually, the most overwhelming feeling that I felt was relief, was relief. It was like, oh, finally, I don't have to hold it all together. Finally, shame doesn't have to have this such a strong hold over me and keep me suffering in silence and suffering alone. That's what shame does. And finally, I could make the changes that I needed to have to that needed to be in place. So let's review that for a second. <laughs> the first practice when we are overwhelmed when we are like, okay, I've had enough, I cannot do this anymore, is admitting that. First to ourselves, whether that's in a journal or it is in the car when you're alone by yourself. And then it's and then it's sharing that with someone else, sharing that with somebody else. And then declaring what you are not going to do and what you are going to do. And you can just, I'm a journaler, so you could get out a piece of paper, you could, you could declare it and admit it to yourself that something's got to change and write all that out and then declare, I am not going to go about this in the same way anymore. The situation, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go about it in the, in the same way that I have. I'm not going to keep carrying on. And then this is what I'm going to do. I want to take a pause here and share this for a moment. Why is it so hard to admit, to, to turn toward, to turn toward our truths that we, we kind of know that are already budding up and coming up from within us like turning toward it and, and our truth and being real and authentic and honest with ourselves. Like what gets in the way of that? Why is it so hard for us? Well, let me normalize this because it's hard to be uncomfortable, to face the discomfort of whatever we're feeling within us. It's, it's hard to face and to admit the stories that, well, how about this? To, to be with the stories, because there's so many stories that are happening in our head of like, that we have and the beliefs that we have around not quitting, not giving up and just dealing and, and, and this, and, and it's hard to go against the grain of our toxic culture 
this puritanical influence of not quitting, not giving up, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And also this culture, again, of how we neglect our health and our well-being and our relationships until something goes incredibly wrong. We we want to avoid, this is just in our human nature, this is again why it's so hard to turn toward what is difficult. It's, it's hard to turn toward and admit and to feel into some of the feelings of being ashamed, disappointed. We can feel nervous about letting others down. We can be afraid and, and nervous about appearing weak, like we can't hack it. We can, we can also be really nervous of, of the fallout. So what happens if I actually admit this to myself and to someone else? What actually happens? What's going to be the fallout if I say, I can't do this anymore? I'm overwhelmed. What if we decl- what's going to happen if we declare that I am not going about this in the same way? Things are changing. This is what I need. This is what I, I don't need and I'm not doing anymore. That can be really scary to be that vulnerable. But ironically, ironically, in naming the reality that you probably have known for a while and have kept just to yourself and tried to avoid like I was, when we finally do, there is this incredible sense of relief. Every time I am sitting with a coaching client or a psychotherapy client, And they have had the courage to share with me some truth in in them, to admit something that like I am done or this something needs to change. It is not healthy for me. I am not well mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Like I cannot keep going the way that I'm going. Every single time someone shares something like that with me, the number one thing that people tell me how they feel. And I was like, okay, so how is this now for you? Check in with yourself. They'll say, oh, Lisa, I feel this sense of relief. They exhale. They visibly appear lighter. So if you've been feeling overwhelmed lately, if you have been trying to make it work, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, if you've been trying to get by, neglecting your well-being, you've just kept going. And if you know that something needs to change, even if you don't know what and how yet, even if it feels scary, consider admitting it to yourself. Write about it to yourself. Get honest and real. Like, like Brene Brown says, she says, clear is kind. Clear is kind. Be clear and honest with yourself. Admitting is the first step. It really is. And it is the hardest step. Being willing to face the possibility of some shame and disappointment and fallout and unknown. This is the definition of courage. Of courage. I promise you, I promise you, in working with people for so long, this is the most crucial step and it's deciding to no longer BS yourself and to speak it out loud. There's something really powerful about writing it down and then speaking it, hearing your own self say, your, your own, or to hear your own words and then admitting that to someone else, sharing that. Because this is what happens when you admit it, when you finally turn toward what you've known in you for a while, you are already on a different path. You may not know what to do yet, the next right action to take, the overwhelm is still there, but you are actually different now because you are orienting your attention in a new direction, a new way. So I encourage you, take some time to admit it and then to declare how, how, let me put this in uh, um, simpler terms, maybe. Here's a good question for you. Declare, what do I need? What needs to change? 
Don't go into yet if it's possible or not possible and judging it all because that's what happens too. We start to judge like, oh, but that's not possible as we are just getting curious. We start to shut down those, the, the possibilities, that possibility mindset. If you can suspend that for a little bit, say, I will get to you, I will get to you. Instead, just declare, this is what I need This is what needs to change. So back in the pandemic, that's what I did. I named it. I named that I was done. I admitted it. And I felt that sense of relief. And it was like, okay, so what's this next step? I was like, okay, I need to to declare. What do I need? What needs to change? So I got really specific and I encourage you to do that too. Get really specific. Let me give you some examples of what I did. I said, I need to see only X number of clients a week. I need to work only these days. I need to work only in these hours. I need to not offer another live course or another live experience. I need to not write a book. I need to not write that right now. I need to work out and to schedule it, to schedule that so it's regular and predictable. And I need time outside. I need to not take on any new consulting opportunities besides the ones I had at the time. And I needed to have some boundaries around my work. Because, you know, like most of us, the lines between work and home and were really blurred, even though I have a separate office. I was bringing my computer into the family room and stuff. I was like, I need to have really strong boundaries around my time and, and when I was actually working. So I didn't know how I was going to do that quite yet. I did not go into the how just yet. I just started naming what I needed. And so play with that too. Just start naming what you need and what needs to change and get specific. Get specific. Then here's the next thing I did. I decided to not go at it alone. I got guidance. cannot emphasize this enough. I just had to take that exhale. Let someone else help you, accompany you to help you get unstuck, to identify a clear path forward because they will help you put these practices in place. These, I'm going to say it, life hack practices in place, but are that are about getting your life back that are actually seeped in the intention of a life back, getting your life back, following what delights your heart, living a life that you love. And they will help you with practices of things that you can start doing now that help you to be more aligned with what you truly want and what you truly need. So back then, I started to see the practitioner that I needed to see. I got guidance. I talked more openly with a few friends about what I needed. I didn't keep it to myself and I didn't go at it alone. So if you right now too, I just started to think about this. Like if you need to see me, if you need to come and see me in coaching, reach out to me, reach out to me, set up a free consult to see about working together. And this is a good time to share this because I see this all the time, all the time. People first go looking online for some solution, like looking for the cheapest way. In my decades of experience, we put a lot of money into our children, pets, vacations, and businesses But when it comes to being proactive in our self-care and putting money toward our true well-being, forget it. I see it all the time, all the time. This even happened to me recently, and I'm I'm conscious of these things. Just this, um, it was about a year ago, actually, probably, yeah, a year ago in the fall, I was debating about... (laughs) 
<laughs> it sounds silly now, and it's it's humbling to admit these things to you. I was debating about whether I should do this um, this unlimited yoga pass, right? So it's this monthly unlimited yoga pass. And I was like, oh, kind of hemming and hawing about it. And then something came to me. I was like, wait a second. Holy tamale. I spend more money on that with my, I, I spend more money than that on my children's soccer and their fitness stuff. And I was like, and immediately I was like, wait a second. No, 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 no. I decided to go ahead and just give myself that unlimited yoga pass. And oh my goodness, I cannot tell you. And it's now that I have really come back to my yoga. I mean, I was trained in yoga 20 years ago, over 20 years ago. Um, I taught yoga for a while. But I had gotten out of my my own regular yoga practice. And now that I've been doing it a year and really dedicated to my own yoga practice, oh my gosh, I, that, that should be a whole nother episode. I, I've posted about this on Instagram. I can feel such a difference in my body and in my energy. Here's the bottom line. I feel like when I do three classes a week, I feel like I have just drank a whole bunch of fish oil, like a bottle of fish oil. My joints feel all lubricated. I just, I feel such flow in me, like chi is moving. I feel strong. So a year ago when I was like, okay, wait, I'm putting money into this. And same thing, about a year ago, August of last year, so now over a year, same thing. I was debating about whether I should work with this one practitioner and, and then I was like, I, again, the same thing about like the kiddos. I was like, I put money into this. We have money for self-care. I am going to, we have a line item in our budget for self-care. Let me take a side note with that. One of my clients years ago, she and her husband had the brilliant idea of when they're budgeting, they put a line item in their budget of self-care. So my husband and I, no matter how little money we made way back when, we put a line item in our budget for well-being. So I said, we're going to up that a little bit, baby, last year. And I started to see the practitioner that I knew I needed to see. And I gave, I'm just going to share it straight up, twice no, wait a second. It started out as, it was every week for a little bit. Then it was, then I did a couple times a month. And now it's just, it's just every other week. And so here's the thing, is I know we go for these quick, cheap fixes. And so maybe this is like looking online for this generic, one size fits all online pre-recorded program. And we think that's going to help us because we want to go about it in the cheapest, quickest way. Well, maybe it does for a little bit, for a little bit, and only to a certain point. Because here is what I'm seeing. There's so much junk out there and really not run by true professionals. What we really long for, what we really long for isn't this scaled program that oh, even these really popular and well-known practitioners put out that are just scaled, right? That are, it's because they're trying to maximize profits. And there is that, there is that, that culture again of more and bigger. Like how many people can I, can I serve by doing this? How, and again, that sometimes in our lives can be a noble thing and it can be a first step for people. But we can spend so long not giving ourselves the spaces that we really need, the support, the guidance, trying to go at it alone for so long. Because what we really need, we need someone to hear us, to hold space for us, to hear our specific and unique circumstances not some generic, not some generic advice. That's for everyone. There is nothing sweeter and more healing and beautiful about 
being with another person one-on-one and having their eyes and ears and heart and presence and intuition all focused just on you, tailored just for you. Not a cookie-cutter program disguised as personal and customized when really they're just taking you through their set program that happened recently to... To my, to my sister, maybe a few years ago, she called me. She's like, Lisa, I'm looking for a coach. She's out in California. And so I helped her look at these coaches online. And they, they looked like, okay, they're going to, it's personalized, tailored just for you. Well, with two coaches, this happened. I was so, I was so annoyed. Two coaches had happened where they really, when she just started working with them, it was really, they weren't offering they, okay, how do I say it this way? They were just taking her through their preset program. Even though it was one-on-one, they were still taking her through her pre, their preset program. Not even shifting their program, their way of being one-on-one for that person. That That is so not how I work. Every single person I work with, I am tapping into their energy their needs, where they are in their season of their life. Oh, just that's a little soapbox of mine. (laughs) So let's review a little bit here. This culture of hurry and busy, always going, prizing productivity over our relationships, it's toxic. And so how do we begin? What can we do about it? Because eventually the go, go, go catches up with us. And we get sick. Something happens. Wow, we have a health crisis. Or we look back and we're like, oh my gosh, filled with some regret. I want to save you from that. I want to help you pause and stop right now. And admit to yourself a truth that you probably already know that has been budding up from within you, coming up from within you. And I have my hands on my heart thinking about this for you. Getting real with yourself. Starting with writing it down, declaring it out loud, admitting it out loud, sharing it with another person, and then declaring what your needs are. What do I need? What needs to change? Play with that for a while. Get curious about that. And when, and when the big emotions come up, ground yourself, listen to one of my, my meditations on this podcast to just get grounded, to be nourished. Bring in that word and, and then don't go at it alone. Get the guidance that you need. If that's with me, wonderful. If it's with, if it's with um, getting massages, if it's going to your yoga class, if it's whatever it is that that is like, oh, this is the support that I know I need. If it's going on a retreat, a silent retreat, a, something that is just for you, do it, book it. Now, I know we all have... We all have obligations. We all have responsibilities. There's, uh, There can be this, I can't in our nervous system. Well, I can't do that. Just challenge that. Challenge, challenge that, that voice for a moment. Just say, really? Really? Because this is your soul talking to you. And the universe will conspire to create an opening for you. When you pause and you admit that something needs to change and you declare what you need and you may not know how yet and that you say that you are open to being, to having someone be alongside you and accompany you, you will get guidance from the universe. And so this is this, this is this, how do I say this, this, way that we as individuals can start to create a new culture to lay this lays down the foundation of building a new culture that is about our well-being and is about our relationships 
that helps us to focus on and be aligned with what truly matters in life. Our emotional, physical well-being and our relationships. This is how we begin to to opt out of this culture of bigger and more and hustle. This is how we start to be to be nourished and to give ourselves permission to have the space that we need to when resting when we need to, moving our bodies when it calls for it. And like I say in the poem, to allow ourselves like this, this focus on our necessary pleasures and shifting our attention from goals of and getting more to discovering the galaxies of beauty and love and delight and goodness within us so that we are in so nourished and then so that we are a presence that we're a light that shines out to others like that that says this is possible this new world that's based on compassion and kindness and well-being and regard is possible and it starts with each one of us. If you'd like to support this podcast, you could leave a review on Apple Music. You could get my books on my website. And you could join my Delightful Divas, the community that supports this podcast. Thanks so much for considering supporting Delightful. Until next time, may you be delighted.